0: Had some adventures. Everybody's had a few close calls. Everybody's got a story. What's yours? Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 12 of Cool Story with David J. McNeil. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your continued support. This episode features a conversation with my friend and former Group Media TFO colleague, Alex Normand. For 20 years now, I have done freelance work for the Franco-Ontarian public broadcaster, TFO. A few years back, I met Alex when I was producing promos for the after-school French-language tween show, Flip, that Alex co-hosted. One fall, when I returned for a new contract, Alex was no longer with the show, which is when I learned that he and his girlfriend, MJ, who worked at TFO behind the scenes had left their positions with the broadcaster to make the leap of faith and become hosts of their own French language online travel series Alex and MJ on the go Since 2016 they have spent their time crisscrossing the world sharing their adventures with their expanding fan base Alex and I sat down to talk about the nuts and bolts of financing and producing such an ambitious project We also chatted about Alex's early days as a performer and how we embraced the entrepreneurial spirit at a very young age and formed a touring illusionist act with two other friends while still in high school. So without further ado, as we say in French, Aoi! Let's go! Hey Alex, how you doing?
1: Hey man, I'm doing uh, top shape, like we say in French.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Where, Where are you right now?
1: Currently sitting in my uh, little uh, living room in uh, Vancouver, B.C.
0: Yeah, you've got a, what, a, you rented an Airbnb there? Is that what you're doing?
1: Yeah, so we've been in B.C. for uh, about four months now. We uh, we got here right when COVID hit. We were in yep. Vietnam, and when Justin Trudeau said, all Canadians abroad should come back to Canada, we decided to come back early. And instead of going back east in Ontario, we decided to... Uh, settle in uh, B.C., which was probably a very good decision on our part. I
0: think so, too. I think that was a really good decision. Yeah, because then you're able to uh, to continue your travels. There's so much you can experience here without having to travel, travel across borders. And I
1: mean, there's so many open areas here with the mountains. We can go hiking and not see anybody for, you know, miles and miles. So, yeah, it's been uh, it's been good.
0: Yeah, excellent. So for our listeners, the reason I wanted to chat with you today is that you and your girlfriend MJ are on a grand experiment slash voyage. You've been traveling for four years now. That's right.
1: Yeah, just over four years, four and a half years now, actually. Time goes by very, very quickly.
0: (laughs) So tell us about your show.
1: Yeah, so uh, four years ago, four and a half years ago, when we quit our uh, jobs um, in Toronto, we decided to uh, start our own YouTube channel and produce uh, travel videos so we're called Alex and MJ on the go Um, and yeah just like you mentioned we've been traveling full-time and we've been documenting the whole thing uh, you know throughout uh, throughout the years and we've got about I don't know 600 700 something videos on our uh, social media accounts and uh, you know great
0: great memories for sure Yeah. And you guys are also doing the show in French, which is pretty cool because uh, I don't think there's a lot of uh, Canadian, French Canadian YouTube travel uh, uh, channels.
1: Yeah. When we started uh, four and a half years ago, there was nobody um, doing it in French in Canada. There were a few in France and Europe, but none Mm. in in Canada. So that's why we decided to uh, to do it. There were a lot in English already. um, And we didn't really want to be a small fish in a big pond. We preferred being a a big fish in a smaller pond, um, and it did uh, help us out because we were able to you know, build an audience a lot quicker, in my opinion, than if we yeah. just had started in English. So uh, yeah, we were uh, the first ones to do it. Now there are a few more, but what we find is that a lot of people will start doing it and then they'll just quit after like a month or two because they realize how hard it is to travel, yeah. film, and edit at the same time. So. Yeah. Only the troopers <laughs> make it out alive.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you guys are you guys. Are, you guys, was it you do propose the challenge to yourselves that you were going to do a video every day, or was that someone else's challenge or something?
1: So last year in two thousand and nineteen, we were like, ah, "What are we going to do this year?" Every year we we seem to have like some sort of goal objective we wanted to do. And back when we started in twenty sixteen, there was this YouTuber named Casey Neistat. He was a yeah. huge, huge YouTuber in uh, in New York City, and he was doing one vlog Oh, I a follow day.
0: Casey. Yeah, I know exactly who he is. He yeah, wears the shades all the time, the scraped yeah, yeah, up he's awesome, Yeah,
1: he's awesome. Awesome guy. And uh, back then, I was like to MJ when we started, like, oh, you know, we should tr- try to do one travel video every day. And she was like, no, 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 that's a terrible idea. We don't have the time or traveling. It's just going to be too much work. It's too intense. Mm-hmm. And back then I wanted to do it, but today I'm kind of happy she said no back then because it would have been too much. Um, so at the end of 2018, after, you know, producing videos for two years and having some more experience than Dura Belts, MJ came to me and she was like, hey, maybe we should do that one video a day thing, you know, in 2019. That yeah. could be our challenge. And I was like, all right, let's do it. So one night we were just chilling with friends and they were like, so what What are the next plans? And I was like, well, we're going to be doing one video per day. And that's when it became <laughs> official. You know, you yes, put it you out said it there. Out loud. Exactly. You say it <laughs> out loud and you have this commitment, even though, you know, we weren't, we weren't, you know, we didn't have to do it, but, you know, mm-hmm. that was our commitment. So we set it, and then on January 7th of 2019, we started producing one video every day, every single day for 365 days. So we ended on uh, January 6th, 20, 2020, and uh, we did it, man, 365 uh, videos of us traveling.
0: That's incredible. That's a lot of work. That's yeah, a that lot was of work. about was-
1: 12 to 14-hour days, you know, between traveling and, uh, you know, filming and editing, uploading doing the thumbnails and all that stuff it was a lot of work, but definitely happy we did it. Yeah.
0: Well, I'll tell you one thing about, you know, having worked in broadcasting for a long time and checking out your videos is they are slick, like they're so well done. You, you guys really do a, a great job of packaging from the music and the shots. And you just, you both seem like you have a, an innate sense. I know you've been working in this business for a while. You're still, you guys are both young people. You've been doing this for a while. You have a really good innate sense of storytelling for 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 camera and stuff. Uh, so once you tell me a bit about how you and MJ got, you know, found yourself at this place, like, did you, when did you figure out you wanted to do this, uh, you know, the be on camera and to be a storyteller?
1: So, uh, we both used to work in television. That's where you and I met, um, used to work at TFO. MJ was a production assistant. So she was working behind the cameras, uh, Mm -hmm. with the directors. Um, and I was in front of the camera. I was a TV host hosting, you know, TV shows for teens and tweens, like 9 yeah. to 12 year olds. Um, so I've always been, you know, an entertainer. And before that time, I actually used to be a professional magician. I oh, don't know cool. if you knew this. I um, did not. <laughs> but yes, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Everybody's always <laughs> surprised when I tell them that. But when I was uh, about 12 or 13 years old, I started, you know, doing magic with a friend in high school. Mm-hmm. And that project kind of blew up. Um we started building illusions and doing big stage shows. And after high school, we actually went on tour uh, for two years across Ontario, a little bit wow. of Quebec. Um, so we were actually three of us, uh, three illusionists. Um, we were called thrillusions back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> we each had our black suit with the colored tie. We, yeah. we were actually known in the francophone market, if we will, uh, in like schools and stuff like that. So we performed like 400 shows, I think, throughout those two years in schools, community centers and stuff. So that's how I actually started my career as an entertainer was to perform magic shows. Um, And when I was 18, I actually got a gig in Ottawa to host a new kid show or tween show. Um, And that was the first time I was on TV Mm -hmm. or actually like hosting a show. And I'll be honest, I sucked. <laughs> I was not good. Um, you know, I had some script I had to learn, and I, it it wasn't like you know, like some people might might say, you know, it's pretty good. But mm-hmm. for me, you know, I'm too too critical on my stuff, so sure. I you know, I, I I find it kind of uh, you know very amateur. But anyway, so that's how I started, and that's yeah, where I'm you at. You learn a lot when you suck. Yes, exactly. You you, yeah. you you really don't want to suck, so you work twice yeah. as hard to to not <laughs> to stop sucking. <laughs> so uh, that was at 18. And then at 22, um, I kind of quit doing the whole magic thing. And uh, I got a job at TFO, moved to Toronto, got a, a gig as a TV host there. And that's where I met MJ. And yeah. uh, MJ and I became really good friends for the first two years. And then after two years, we kind of became more than friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And MJ was a big traveler. She had traveled to probably over 25 countries already. You know, she was doing like three to four week trips um, Mm -hmm. every year traveling all around the globe. And when I approached her, I said, hey, you like to travel. I like to be an entrepreneur. I like to entertain. I like doing my own things. I'm kind of tired of the nine to five gig. What Mm -hmm. do you think if, you know, we just pack our bags, quit our good jobs, uh, leave our friends and family, and just start traveling. And yeah. the reason I got this idea was because the show I was working on, we were collaborating with a lot, a lot of YouTubers in Quebec. Right, and, I remember that. And um, none of them were doing travel stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was all like beauty, music, comedy, um, mm-hmm. and nobody was specializing in French um, in the travel industry. And YouTube was starting in Canada, in French Canada, in a you know, You, you were yeah. starting to see those little self-made um, online stars. Uh, and I was like, I want a piece of that. That looks kind of interesting. So we were like, let's go travel for a year, start making videos and let's just see what happens. And that's pretty mm-hmm. much, uh, how Alex and MJ on the go
0: was, uh, was born. That's amazing. And then it sounds like you guys were you know, obviously you're a good fit uh, um, in terms of uh, energy and stuff because you're a, you're a real couple and, and you've got you can you know you can tell that you guys worked well together and then plus she's got the behind the, uh, the, all that uh, experience behind the camera too you've got the experience it really rounds out everything nicely and plus she's a big traveler already it seems like it was a perfect match for you guys uh, both personally and and and, and, uh, and, and on this project uh, uh, professionally
1: yeah, and I mean, traveling and working with your partner is not something that's for everybody. Um, yeah. everybody says that travel will make it or break it, you know, either if you're traveling with you know your your life partner or just friends or family and stuff like that. I mean, sometimes it just doesn't work. I mean, you can yeah. be the bestest of friends, but you start traveling and then shit hits the fan and it just doesn't work. But for us, yeah, we just it just works. I mean, there's no explanation. there's no secret sauce. You know, we each have our own personalities, but it works, um, and yeah. we're lucky for that. Actually, we're we're very happy that it did work um, because you know we're still a couple today. We're still very happy, and we have a you know a thriving uh, YouTube channel
0: and business. So it's uh, it's it's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. My wife used to say that. Well, before we were married, Belinda, she traveled all over the world and stuff because she works in travel. And uh, we started dating. And not long after we started dating, things were going well. She's like, do you want to come to Australia with me to meet my family? Because her sister lived down there. And we went down and that worked out well. And she was saying, yeah, if you can travel together, you, you'll be all right. Because yeah. it's it's when you're traveling and things go badly and you lose that comfort and, and, and all that kind of stuff when things are unstable that you can figure out whether or not it's going to work.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, know, when, the,
0: when the shit hits the fan
1: it's the ultimate <laughs> test for sure you know i think that every new couple should just go on a trip when they start dating so they don't waste their time if ever they're not meant to be together you know yeah, yeah. just date for a week then go on a two-week trip see if you're meant to be if you are then stay together if not just move
0: on yeah even better go camping together for a while oh, yeah not really. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys, I was asking you about this and I was, I was surprised when you first told me, you know, the big question when you do something like this is how do you pay to do this? And, uh, you know, a lot of people in your position would look to your subscribers to help with donations through Patreon or different organizations like that or. Uh, so, but you guys decided that you were going to do something different. Tell me about how you guys are funding your travels.
1: Yeah. So we always told ourselves that we weren't going to be just influencers, um, mm-hmm. you know, making money off ads or Patreons, Like you mentioned, we always wanted, you know, to have a different business plan if we will. So the first two years, I mean, we were building our brand, building Alex and MJ on the go, just making videos, uh, making the subscriber count go up. As much as possible, we were doing some corporate work at the same time. So, doing like promotional videos for businesses. We did a lot of also um, like exchange of services while traveling. So, mm-hmm. the first one we did was actually we approached a uh, travel operator in New Zealand, and we offered them, you know, a promotional video in exchange for an eight day trip with them. So, we just hopped on their bus um, for free for a full week and a day, Yes, yeah, so eight days and we just uh, filmed the whole trip. We produced this promotional video for them and we got the trip for free. And then they liked it so much that they referred us to a company in Africa, um, which uh, we did the same thing, but instead of an eight-day trip, it was a full month. So a 30-day free trip doing safaris, um, you know, back country in Africa, and we're just shooting videos for our YouTube channel. So that's how we kind of started. It wasn't bringing any money, but at least we weren't spending any money um, yeah, we were
0: maxing out on relationships and stuff. That's that's perfect.
1: Exactly, and when we started getting you know a little bit bigger on social media and having more experience with the whole producing videos, promotional videos, doing corporate work, um, we decided to create an online course and teach you know the art of filmmaking because we were mm-hmm. starting to get a lot of questions on like, oh, which camera do you guys use? How do you guys edit your videos? And you know all those technical questions. We were used to getting questions about traveling only, but at one point it kind of pivoted, and we started receiving those technical questions as well. And at that time, we actually bought a course ourselves, an English oh, course, yeah. um, from this guy in the U.S. that he uh, he created, and he was teaching filmmaking. And you know again when i saw his course i was like oh well there's nobody who's doing this in french i mean there's a lot of french people in canada or in europe that that would love this kind of course but they won't buy it just because they don't maybe understand english as well or they're not sure. as comfortable with the language so i was like hmm maybe we should make our own course and you know make it in french and you know sell it to the uh, french audience we have an audience as well we can promote it through our social media so that's what we decided to do so in 2018 we uh, started, you know, putting together that course, and uh, we started uh, recording lessons, um, just producing as much content as we could, and then we started selling that course, promoting it, and to this day, that's pretty much what's you know keeping us traveling full time without really needing to be somewhere specific and producing corporate work all the time. So it's really giving us that flexibility to uh, you know to be digital nomads and just uh making a revenue while traveling
0: yeah that's amazing and you were saying you've got quite a few subscribers to your your online course too right
1: yeah so we've got about uh, i would say just over 600 members who wow. bought into like our full program which is like yeah. everything from equipment to shooting to editing to promoting your business and making a living out of you know video production and now we started splitting up that big program into smaller programs. So for people who just want to learn editing, well, they can just buy the editing modules and not have to buy the whole package, you know? So right. uh, now we're splitting everything up. So now like total, we're probably at over seven or 800 members throughout our whole course uh, programs. Right. Uh, but the flagship one, yeah, we have over 600 members.
0: Wow. So I'm guessing that as you go, you're you're you you know, if you pull out a new lens that you've purchased or whatever, and you're shooting, and that day it's like, oh, well, let's also we'll do a module today on how to use this new lens or that sort of thing, and incorporate it into your day, and then move on.
1: Yeah. So our course now has, I think, over 50 hours of video lessons. So it's like getting pretty big. We've got over 300 uh, videos. So it is a course that we keep adding new content to on a monthly basis. So actually, every two weeks. We put out, you know, sometimes four, five, six, seven, eight new lessons. So per month, we're looking at easily 10 to 20 new video lessons for our members. So they keep learning all the time. Um, and uh, everybody's enjoying it, to be honest. Like, um, I'm very proud of what we built and people really like it. Like, we've never had a negative comment about it. So it's, it's, it's been good.
0: Yeah, well, and and that's amazing, too, because that's always the the, you know, the difficulty of being... French, Canadian, or or being speaking French in in North America is that there's often all those services you see for Anglophones. It's like, okay, well, who's going to come up with the same service for Francophones? And there you have it. But I
1: think what's the, what's making us even more proud is the fact that a lot of those people, like one, you see their evolution, like how they, what, what the videos they used to produce look like to what they look like now, but a lot of them actually make a living. Like they have a business now, a video production business producing videos for clients. So when you 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 see that you know you change someone someone's life and you you know allow them to 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 make a revenue from their passion and their dreams and stuff it's uh, yeah it's very fulfilling as a yeah. teacher. <laughs> well, no kidding. And your company's called Filmmakers on the Go, right? Yeah, the name of uh, the academy is Filmmakers on the Go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'm sure I'm going to be working somewhere at some for some broadcaster one day, and I'm going to be working with somebody. I'd be like, "Oh, cool! That's pretty neat. What you just did there? Where did you learn how to do that?" And they're going to be, "I learned it from filmmakers on the go." <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you decide what your first uh, your first uh, country that you were going to visit would be?
1: So the tricky part with us is that because MJ had already traveled a lot, you know, it kind of eliminated a lot of possible countries that we could go to. Not yeah. that it's impossible. I mean. She, it's just, it's more fun for her if we go places she's never been. Also, you know, so we both sure. live that first time experience. Um, yeah. So I hadn't traveled a lot. I think I had done one trip, you know, outside of Canada in the U.S. When we started, um, that was in Ecuador. I went with mm-hmm. a friend um, in 2015 or no, 2013 or something. Anyways, so. There was a lot of options for me, not as many for MJ. So we decided to go to a place that we both haven't uh, gone to. So we decided Mm -hmm. New Zealand was a place where we wanted to start our trip. New Zealand was probably the country that was at the top of my bucket list uh, back then. Don't know why. I just always wanted to go to New Zealand, um, other side of the world. So that's Mm -hmm. where we decided to go. And the plan initially was to actually stay there for a full year. So we actually got like those working holiday visas so we could work and travel and stay there for a full year. Um, So we had those in our back pockets. Um, But when we started traveling, started producing videos, you know, two, three months in, we started getting more traction on our, our channel. And we were like, ah, oh, well, we can't stay in New Zealand for a year. I mean, I think we could have, but we mm-hmm. wanted to travel more. So yeah, we are like, oh, let's just, Yeah, so let's just keep traveling, you know, let's go to other places, other countries. So we stayed in New Zealand for four months, I think, mm-hmm. in total. Um, and then we went to Fiji, which was pretty close, and, you know, plane tickets were quite cheap leaving from New Zealand. Yeah. Um, and then we actually, you know, just ke- kept on traveling that whole year. So we did... 13 countries that first year in 2016, um, and that's counting six countries in Africa. So we did Mm -hmm. kind of like a a world tour aside from uh, South America that first year. Okay, right, yeah. But uh, so, yeah, so, um, I mean, we were kind of broke that first year, we'll be honest. We had some money aside. We had about, I think it was like six grand or something uh, each uh, when we started traveling, but like I said, the plan was to work in New Zealand, but that that never panned out. So we started traveling and, you know, the money in the bank account was kind of going lower and lower and lower. So that's when we decided to go to Asia, Southeast Asia, where mm-hmm. everything is pretty cheap. Uh, yep. Like Sri, We went to Sri Lanka for a little while, so that's was, that was pretty decent. And then we had that mm-hmm. free trip in Africa, so that helped us a, a lot. Right. Um, but it was a good experience, very tiring, but uh, but but a good
0: trip. Yeah, well, traveling itself is exhausting.
1: It is. Uh, it is. You
0: know, especially just the, the, you know, the the uh, the well, the flying and whatnot, and the, uh, yeah, it, it can be very exhausting. And then you got to do a pretty uh, intense job while you're at it. I mean, it takes a lot of energy.
1: Yeah, a lot of people, you know, come back home more tired than they were before starting to travel, just because you're always thinking, all right, where am I going to stay tonight? What am I going to eat today? Where am I going to eat today? What activity am I going to do? And then you do the activity. So yeah, it is. Uh, it is very tiring uh, to travel. It's no. Yeah. It's no
0: picnic. It's no picnic. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And was there somebody that you would watch before that really, uh, in terms of like a travel travel host professional or whatever that you kind of liked or mimicked yourself, or you just kind of quickly fell into your own groove and your own style?
1: Um, I'll be honest. I I never watched travel content online. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the only YouTuber I was watching back then was Casey Neistat when he was Mm -hmm. doing his daily vlogs and we were tremendously influenced by his style, (laughs) like a lot, um, using the same kind of music, you know, trying to do the same time of pacing and stuff like that. And I think that's normal when you're starting off on YouTube or you're starting off, you know, creating your own content, you're always going to be influenced by somebody and you're kind of going to be. I don't want to say copying their style but you know very close to um so once we started getting comments like oh yeah casey did something like this or yeah this looks like a lot like casey that's when you're like oh, shit! i really have to start you know building or own doing my own thing so it took us probably like a good year and a half to to find our own our own little way you know Uh, Mm. now today, I mean, our, our, our videos don't look at all like Casey's videos, which is good because we found our style finally. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely Casey was our big influence when we started, but he was not traveling. I mean, he was just staying in New York the whole time. We just liked the way he was building his vlogs.
0: Yeah. And he kind of seems to touch on so many different things. I only discovered him because I, uh, I'm into longboarding and I have a couple of electric longboards and, uh, you know, I was just, you know, going down the rabbit hole of watching all these longboarding videos and he, he's into that. So yeah. I, you know, I found these videos of him whipping around New York city on an electric longboard and stuff. So uh, I wouldn't have known about him, you know, otherwise, but he just seems to be into everything, like anything you can think of, you know, in terms, of, especially in terms of like high energy sports and stuff like that. And a bit of danger, he's all over that stuff.
1: Yeah, he's a he's a cool guy. He looks like a down to earth person too. You just felt like you were his friend while watching him, you know. And that's kind of what makes a YouTube channel successful or not is if you know if somebody can say, "Oh, I want to be friends with that person." Yeah, that's when you know you you start building your channel and then it just starts growing, you know. So you just yeah. gotta be yourself. And Casey was definitely himself.
0: Uh, so, talk to me about some of the highlights of your trip. So, what are the places that you've gone to that surprised you the most, uh, that opened your eyes up to new ways of living or whatever, or the beauties of Mother Nature? Or what, what's really hit you as you've, tra- have you've traveled?
1: So, one of the questions we usually get is what was your favorite destination, favorite country, and stuff like that? For us, the, the coolest place we've been was Africa. I mean, I know it's not a country. It's the continent, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just so different over there. I mean, uh, we traveled south, um, the east coast of South Asia. Mm-hmm. So we traveled the south. So we traveled the southeastern part of Africa. So we started yeah. in Cape Town all mm-hmm. the way up to Kenya. Uh, so we did, I think, six or seven countries there. And it's just so different from anywhere else. I mean, everywhere else where you travel, there's always going to be the best water, the biggest waterfall, the nicest hike, the oldest temple, the oldest church. You know, there's always, you know, those kind of things that come back from country to country. But in Africa, there's just nowhere else where you can go on a safari. There's nowhere else where you can see those types of villages or, you know, stuff like that. So that was um, definitely... Our highlights throughout our throughout our travels, and we actually did one of our trips um, in Africa for like a weekend. We were camping in one of the national parks, the Seren- Serengeti National Parks in Tanzania, yep. and we had our tents. We were with our group, and at night, you know, we were opening our tent, and we could see some eyes, you know, yeah. near our tents. We could see hyenas, the silhouettes of hyenas walking by our tents. Yeah. Uh, and that was just incredible. I mean, there at one point during the night, MJ had to go pee. And, you know, they always told us, if you have to go pee, make sure you go with somebody. So, of yes. course, who does she wake up? She wakes up me. So, yeah. she wakes me up. She's like, Alex, I have to go pee. I'm like, ah, oh, are you sure? <laughs> she's like, yes. I'm like, okay, well, open the tent and do you, tell me if you see some eyes. She opens the tent and she's like, um... There's a buffalo about 10 meters away from our (laughs) tent. (laughs) And I'm like, a buffalo, MJ, that's one of the big five. Well, MJ, I don't think we should go outside. There's a buffalo, you know? It's like, oh, I really have to go pee. I'm like, okay, well, we'll just keep an eye on the buffalo and make sure it doesn't, you know, charge us. Yeah, because
0: they're pretty aggressive. And even worse, they're not that smart.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so we get out our tent. And I'm just like wearing my boxers, um, not even putting pants on. It doesn't really matter. And the toilets were like maybe, I would say like 50 meters away. So not very far, but when there's a buffalo watching you, it it can be quite far. So we get out our tent, we start walking, and there was this um, like cafeteria kitchen thing. Um, And when we got to the corner of that building right around the corner there was another buffalo standing right there so we were like five meters away from that buffalo and then another like 15 meters away now from the other buffalo so we're kind of sandwiched (laughs) between those two buffaloes i was just wearing my boxer shorts i'm like oh my god oh my god what do we do what do we do no, I don't want to start running and you know aggravating the buffalo or whatnot. So I was like, okay, let's just run, run to the washroom, run, run. So we just started running. I went into the ladies' washroom with MJ, you know, just to be safe. Mm-hmm. But no, we're inside, but we kind of have to come back now. Yeah. So it's the same, uh, same, <laughs> same problem. So again, I was like, okay, MJ, now make sure there's no other hi- no. I was like, so make sure there's no other eyes. There's no like uh, hyenas or anything in the, in the bushes. You know we just double checked and then we just started running as fast as we could went inside our tents and we uh we came uh well we we ended up being alive of course um so that was kind of exhilarating and the next morning what we learned is that another buffalo was attacked by a lion about 150 meters away from our tents but we didn't we didn't hear that hear that but you know, knowing that there was a lion nearby, I don't think I would have uh, gotten out the, the tent. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. No, that's the thing about Africa. I've been once because my wife is South African and, and so I got a chance to go South African, go on safari. And uh, I, I was telling the ranger, I said, you know, the interesting thing about it is it's the only time you're ever in a situation where you are potentially part of the food chain.
1: Yeah. you know, That doesn't
0: <laughs> happen in Ottawa, Canada. You no. know, there's just no circumstance like that. But when you're out in the bush like that, you're, yeah. uh, you're 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 part of the food chain again possibly and yeah. it's uh it's um it keeps Not you on to your toes eat
1: not a, not much to eat off of my body but i mean <laughs> definitely a couple bones to chew at uh, to chew on yeah but you
0: feel that right i mean you feel there's no uh, i was talking to uh, my uh, the last podcast i did actually was a, with a, a, a ranger a game ranger from south africa and he was saying like it's you're you're in the moment man because you can't he goes in his, his words he said you can't be out there especially on a bush walk like what you were doing out there walking you're yeah. not thinking about your bank account and you're no. not thinking about all that crap. You're not thinking about, uh, you know, whether wh- you know, y- y- returning that email to your folks right away or whatever. It's just like you're in the moment. You're yeah. there. <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's, it's amazing. awesome.
1: I mean, I'm just looking looking very forward to going back to Africa and the next thing at the top of my bucket list is to go um and you know, meet the mountain gorillas yeah. and like Uganda and stuff like that. That's yeah, really something I uh, really really want to do some Really hoping that in the next, you know, year or two years or so, we can uh, go there and uh, check them out because that 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 looks insane.
0: Well, it sounds like I need to put you in touch with my last guest, Richard Duguvea, because he does those tours. <laughs> oh,
1: there you go. Yeah, yeah. definitely.
0: <laughs> we'll have that conversation after the podcast.
1: Yes, <laughs> but
0: uh, I was—that's the one thing about going to Africa that I was blown away by. Was I just had this feeling inside of me while I was there that there's somehow that we. We come from there, and it's a special feeling. I don't, I don't can't put a finger on what it is, but it's a uh, it's a special place to be.
1: Yeah, and unfortunately, like not a lot of people get to experience Africa because one, it's so far, and yeah. two, it's very very expensive to go uh, to go there. Like just to do, I think a thirty day trip, um, you know, organized trip. I think it's like a five or six thousand dollar thing plus, you know, traveling expenses like planes, and it takes time. You can't just go there for a week. You know, it's not like going yeah. to Mexico if you're leaving from canada you're going to be you have to go at least at least 14 days to be worth it because you've got 2 days of traveling to go, 2 days of traveling to come back, the jet lag, you know, yeah. if you're just there for like 7 days it's it's too short. You need at least at least 2 weeks.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But and if uh,
1: anybody's listening and thinking of going to africa, definitely go. Just wait for covid and everything to be done, but definitely go at one point it's definitely worth it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, that's why everybody says it's, that's a bucket list trip. And it does cost a few bucks, but it's, it's worth it in the end. It's uh, it's an experience. It's all about the experiences. Yeah. So what else do you like? What, what, what are the other spots that you've hit that really kind of moved you?
1: Um, I mean, one place that we really feel comfortable and now it's become very touristy. Um, but for me it was Bali. I mean, I just, weather is good. It's super cheap to live there uh people are super nice uh yeah we just really enjoyed ourselves when we were there we're there for three months the first time a month and a half i think or one month the second time Um, and it's just kind of like a go-to place to relax like when we're between countries and stuff but a big surprise for us was actually in canada Uh, last year we went to newfoundland Mm -hmm. um and we just loved that place i mean it's Not really talked about for some reason in Canada. Most people will always talk about the West Coast, which is obviously beautiful with all the mountains. But on yep. the East Coast, I mean, you've got some very beautiful landscapes too. The people are the nicest in Canada there. Yeah, um, yeah it's just it's just different. And, and, and I think it just surprised us that we hadn't been there before. Um, and we really, really enjoyed our time there. I'm really looking forward to going back. Uh, but this time we want to go a little bit earlier in the year, so we get to see the icebergs um, mm-hmm. along the coast. Uh, but yeah, definitely Newfoundland is a place uh, not very far from, you know, if you're traveling within Canada, it's a two-hour flight from Ottawa or Montreal, and you're there, and it's it's awesome. It's small, so it's pretty easy to travel uh, within like a shorter amount of time. And we went to um, Saint Pierre and Miquelon, which yeah, are the God, two be French islands. Yeah. and that was crazy like that is nuts you take a ferry and 90 minutes later you get there and you're in France yeah like it's like people you're with speak euros with euros and everything and euros people speak with the French uh, accent uh, there's French flags everywhere there's uh bakeries yeah. on every corner of the street. Yeah cars license plates everything it's it's yeah. Europe
0: and you're like and people what? are driving around in Peugeot's and Renault's and all like Yeah it yeah.
1: You're like what we were in Canada an hour and a half ago and now we're in Europe like what is this what is this craziness? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah that was definitely uh definitely uh worth uh worth the trip. We kind of hesitated because we didn't know if it was going to fit in our I, I didn't, you know like in our plans but uh mm-hmm. yeah it, very happy we went we went for 3 days wasn't long enough But uh, we will definitely go back.
0: Yeah, I've always wondered about Saint Pierre and Miquelon. It's such a a weird, yeah, an anomaly, as they say. It's such a a a weird little uh, intersection of cultures, right off the right off the, uh, uh, just right off Newfoundland. Yeah.
1: And what's funny is that they don't. They don't uh, consider their, themselves really as um, like French, sure. but they don't really consider themselves as Canadians either. They're really like Saint-Pierre and Miqueloners or whatever you want to yeah. call them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's very, very funny because when we were there, um, I don't remember how it happened, but we ended up being on the news Um, they came and did a a, like a reportage uh, um, a thing like a tv news news segment yeah news piece about us because we were french canadians vloggers travel filmmakers and they just wanted to film us and say oh yeah there's these two people and our videos actually went viral over there like i think there's six thousand um people who live there Mm -hmm. and the you know 24 hours after our video was published we had over like 10,000 views and most of those views were from people living on the island so we were walking around in the town and people are like hey you guys are the canadians the vloggers i saw you on the news last night so we're like we, yeah. we became like little little stars for about 48 hours that was quite well, fun. That's
0: fun and i bet you, you picked <laughs> up you picked up a lot of viewers while you were there and uh, that's how you do it right yeah so a lot and of people they tell have... family back home and.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay. And now we still have people, you know, who write to us uh, every week, uh, you know, who comment on our videos and like, oh, yeah, I've been following you since you came to uh, St. Pierre and Miquelon. Uh, like, all right, well, we picked up a few people. That's
0: cool. <laughs> That's interesting. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Um, and uh, and so uh, you guys are going to travel Canada for the foreseeable future until, until – uh, until things change and until they start flying people to other places. What do you, uh, what do you hope to see uh, in, while you're in Canada and what haven't you seen? A, and then uh, beyond that, once you start getting able to fly again, where do you want to go next?
1: You know, that's a good question. I mean, we've been in BC for four months. We did a little road trip uh, here in the past month, you know, in the Rockies and stuff. And that was absolutely beautiful. Um, like we've, we had been in Vancouver before, um, but we've never really, really traveled like within the province. So mm-hmm. very, uh, very happy we had the opportunity to do that. Um, afterwards, I don't know, man, I'll be a hundred percent honest. Like we're not, uh, we're not eager to uh, hop on a plane and go somewhere else. I mean, Canada is huge. We've yeah. seen a lot of places in Canada, but we've seen like, you know, the, like the, the capitals of each provinces, sure. but we've never really explored canada as much as we uh, as we uh, as we should have so mm. i think we're going to be chilling in canada for yeah i don't know the couple next couple of months for sure um we would love to uh, stay on the west uh, west coast uh, alberta as well for the next uh, couple months um so we're going to go back to ottawa for a little while but we'd like to drive back uh, but afterwards like i don't know like i said the first place on my bucket list is to go to back to africa and. You know, meet those uh, mountain gorillas. So, if that's our next stop, I don't know. Life will tell. But for now, we're just going to be chilling here, making videos in our own country, and uh, see where uh, see where this takes us.
0: Yeah, like you said, there's so much to see too, and uh, uh, it would be interesting to get up. Are you thinking about getting up to? uh, Inuvik or uh, Kaluitch or any of those places up uh, above the tree line, uh, those are pretty amazing places to visit as well. Would definitely be a good trip. I'm not sure I want to go in the winter time though, <laughs>
1: just because now it's uh, we're approaching like fall and you know things yeah. is, are you know weather is going to start dropping pretty quickly. But um, yeah, definitely up north is uh, is cool. We'd love to go uh, you know to Yukon and, and and stuff like that. We've been in the winter, but we've never really explored. Um, but yeah, who knows, who knows? I know so much to see. Yeah. You know, when you start traveling, you always think that it's greener on the other side, you know, it's always more exotic to go to a different country and, you know, I get it. I mean, we've all been there, Mm -hmm. but, um, I think at this point, like it's time to, to see our own country. And like you said, it's so big. I mean, there's so many different landscapes. It varies from East to West. Uh, from south to north, so we've got uh, many different spots to uh, to cover still.
0: Yeah, and how has it been uh, traveling in terms of communication? So it's uh, it's great uh, that uh, you're fluently bilingual. You can obviously, uh, you know, you can depend on your English wherever you go, if you're speaking, if you're, you know, wherever you go. So English is quite popular in most places still, or at least accessible. Uh, have you picked up any other languages as, as you've traveled? Are you, how's your Spanish?
1: picked up is very uh it's a very big word um you know una cerrveza por favor you know the yeah. essentials you know yeah uh, so yeah every time we go to a new country where english is not the primary dialect we'll try to learn the basics you know like thank you um sorry or you know stuff like how much does it cost and how much is that yeah um so we'll learn the basics but i always end up forgetting like after like leaving for a month or two we're like how did we used to say that word when we were back there again Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't remember you know like we we know on the spot but then we it's like any other language when you don't speak it you just you just forget it you know yeah so uh, yeah. so yeah, so we've we haven't picked up uh, like picked up an actual language. Spanish is probably the one that like I can kind of understand a little bit if they're talking very slowly or like very specific words will make out the sentences. even if we pick out one word out of ten, we'll get the idea. but like yeah. I would never be able to have a conversation in uh, in Spanish.
0: Yeah. The thing I love about French is that, you know, right now I'm, I'm in Costa Rica. We've been down here since October. And uh, because I speak French, uh, my uh, my fail safe or my Hail Mary is always that uh, if I don't know the word, I will uh, just for the hell of it, I will I will uh, uh, Spanish a Span- <laughs> French word. And then. Yeah. I- and then half of the time it turns out to be correct because the, <laughs> the languages are pretty close. I'm, per- I'm sure you've done that
1: too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's how we're able to understand people speaking in Spanish sometimes. Like, oh, that word sounded like this word in French. And like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. So that's what yeah. he's talking about for sure. Yeah. And that that's how we make it out. But uh, yeah, 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 we definitely need a good, solid Spanish course. Um, but uh, that will come in time. Just not now. <laughs>
0: Belinda and I have been living here in, uh, in, in Costa Rica now since October, and uh, of course, we never knew when we came down here that uh, there was going to be a pandemic and how that was going to affect our lives. But uh, one thing I've been talking to a lot of people about lately on this podcast is the shift of how people are going to work in the future. And if I can say the silver lining of COVID-19 is that employers are finding out that they don't need all of their people sitting at desks and in cubicles that people can go home and work and that things still get done because the technology is there. Um, why don't you talk to me a bit about what your experience has been in terms of travel and um, and, and being uh, you know uh, being able to connect. What are the things that you look for? First of all, do you do much sketching out to find out how good the internet is or that kind of thing or how does that work?
1: All the time. I think internet is our biggest concern when we're traveling. We're always uh, picking destinations or countries where we know there's going to be decent internet connections. Um, And when we book our Airbnbs, we're always going to ask the host to run a speed test and tell us what the download speed and upload speed is at their place. Um, that way we know that we can download whatever we need to download for our videos and we'll be able to upload without it taking, you know, three days to, uh, to upload one single file. So um, that's definitely a big, 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 um, big concern for us. Um, and so far, so good. I mean, the only place where it was really slow was sometimes like in the middle of Africa and stuff. Um, but that's kind of normal. It's part of the experience. Um, but aside from that, I think like the world is pretty well equipped. Um, in terms of uh, internet speed connection. But that's definitely, um, yeah, biggest concern when we're traveling.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of people would be surprised, people who haven't traveled as much, as to how many cities there are in quote-unquote countries that people refer to still as third-world nations or developing nations, where the internet is amazing because, you uh, you know, a lot of those countries, like in Africa, some of the big cities in Africa you can go to, I mean, they are hooked up. You know, Mm -hmm. they got amazing internet and and they, because a lot of those countries kind of jumped over the whole thing about putting telephone poles and hard hard lines all over the place. They just went right, right to that technology, right to cell phones and and all that. So, and they, they've built up their infrastructure pretty fast. So, you know, if you go to places like Kigali or whatever, you, they kick ass internet in some of those big African cities.
1: Yeah. And most places it's a lot cheaper than Canada. Yeah. Um, you know, like we always buy a new SIM card when we get to a new country. So we have like mobile access, um, data access on our phones. Um, and you know, like you'll pay seven dollars for 15 gigabytes of internet 4G for a full month, as opposed to here you're gonna be paying like eighty dollars for your yeah. for your monthly plan. And I mean, one of the biggest reasons is because most of these countries are a lot smaller, so they don't have as much territory sure. to uh, to cover as opposed to Canada. It's such a big country, you know. It it takes a lot of,
0: you know. Yeah. You're paying for a lot of in- infrastructure when you when you pay for a plan in Canada. Exactly. You know? So
1: uh, that's one of the things that really surprised me was that you know what, like these countries, cheap internet, fast internet, and if ever the Wi-Fi is not good, I can just pop in my uh, my cell phone, use a uh, mobile hotspot. And, uh, yeah, we're good to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's amazing. I think there's going to be a big uh, a big change after COVID about how people work and where they work.
1: But definitely, like, pretty much, I won't say every job because there's some job that is just impossible, but a lot of jobs can be done online, um, you know, anywhere, wherever you are in the world. Um, so this whole digital nomads uh, movement kind of, you know, accelerated a lot this year only just because of COVID. Anybody can work from anywhere. I mean, we've met so many people who do so many different things, um, and they do it online now. I mean, architects—you know—they can build their plans on their computer, send it over mm-hmm. to their clients. Uh, accountants, uh, obviously, for us, filmmakers and photographers. Um, there's just a whole list: uh, copywriters, website de- designers, uh, just graphic designers. I mean, there's so many jobs you can do online now. So yeah, you definitely don't need to be uh, in a in a you know in a in a space um, to every day. And I think that's going to change the way the world works. I mean, maybe there's going to be less traffic now because people are just staying at home. Um, you know, less uh, expenses for businesses because they don't need to have the big 20,000 square foot, you know, commercial space for all their employees. They can maybe downscale and have some people at home. So yeah, definitely it's changing for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. I read an article not long ago that basically said, "Forget about working from home. That was the dream. Oh, people get to work from home. Forget about all that. Now it's about working from anywhere, like yeah. you're doing. It's just amazing. Yeah. It opens up the world in an incredible way. It's uh, it's pretty spectacular. And you guys are so lucky that you're able to do that. And uh, and I think you're going to inspire a lot of people too. Uh, you know, who are watching your journey and thinking, uh, I'd like to do the same, or at least." or at least visit that place and be able to work from my job there, you know?
1: Yeah, it's definitely it's, uh, a lifestyle. I mean, there is some drawbacks, like anything. Like, to be honest, we don't have much of a social life because we're always traveling or always moving around. So we're not meeting, you know, not making friends. Or if we are, it's just for a day or two and then we're moving on. And then, you know, have you have to start over again. Um, but it definitely has, I think, a lot more positives than uh, than negatives.
0: Yeah, and, and the thing is too, is that, you know, the thing you're doing now is a young person's game. There's only so long a person can do that, you know, until you get to a certain age. And it's nice to be able to see the world like you guys are seeing it at the age that you guys are and, and the the experiences and opening up your minds to, you know, to the, to the world. And, and, and um, that's such a gift, you know, because I think you, you the world differently and people around you so differently now that you've traveled and and you've seen how other people live and you see how lucky we are too here in Canada Um, uh, you know and then also how things are done better in other places than they are (laughs) back home you know we like to pride ourselves on on how great North America is and how advanced we are and then you go to other places and you're just like Man, these people, these people have really figured this part of life out. How come <laughs> yeah. we haven't figured it out in Canada? Especially yeah. the working too much you know, situation. Yeah. They're the pouring yeah. all of our energies into work and, and, and putting family and friends on the back burner and fun on the back burner to, to, to get the bigger car and all that kind of stuff. You, you see the world and you see that that's not the way people live in most places. And, yeah, and you know, just, that, you know- that's important
1: work to pay a mortgage and all that stuff like i mean i think it's it's important to be money smart as well and have investments and stuff like that but i think that yeah definitely uh we see the world uh, differently and what we like to do now actually is not necessarily travel all the time but we like to do slow travel Mm -hmm. so you know we settle in a place for at least a month or two or three uh stay in the same airbnb for that length of time and use that spot that place as a hub that we can use to visit the area or do the activities nearby. Sure. And that way it's, one, it's not as tiring as traveling all the time and moving around. You kind of feel like you have a little home, a uh, little nest, if you will. Um, you start to know the neighborhood, you start to know a little bit more about the locals, how they live, you have your favorite restaurant, you know where to make your, you know, do your groceries. Mm-hmm. So you kind of feel like you have more time to really learn about that place. And uh, yeah, we try to do that as much as possible uh, when we're traveling now, just stay in one spot for a couple months or a couple weeks and uh, discovering those, uh, those places. So you don't have to travel, you know, to f- 13 different countries every year. You can do one country and, you know, three different cities within that country, and you'll still get a really good idea and a really different experience of the whole traveling thing. So that's, uh, that's what we like to do now.
0: Yeah. You're not glossing over stuff. Right, you're just exactly, yeah, yeah. you're getting a, you're getting to dig in and really get a sense of what it's like to be part of the culture a bit more. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool, very cool. So for people who uh, want to tune into uh, to your channel, uh, is there is there uh, s- subtitles available?
1: Yeah, so we just hired somebody actually to uh, to create English subtitles for all of our videos, so they're more yeah. accessible for everybody. Um, so now, like, if you go to all of our newest videos. Um, you know, you'll, you'll see the, uh, the English subtitles available, um, and she's working her way down all the way to our oldest one. So we'll have to be patient. It's going to take a lot of time. Like I said, there's like six or 700 videos on there. Yeah. Uh, but there's definitely going to be at least, you know, five or seven new videos with English captions added every week. That's awesome.
0: So- yeah, so those people that are studying French immersion and want to pick up a little bit more French, they can uh, they can learn some French while they tune in and watch you guys on your amazing vacations. And your they, your videos are very funny. They can <laughs> learn
1: French Canadian
0: French, which is <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: a whole different language.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, they can learn some ponglais. Yes, exactly. The, the mix <laughs> uh, well, that's awesome. Well, that's a pretty cool service that, uh, that'll that be helpful in opening up your audience a bit because uh, people uh, certainly don't mind watching something engaging with subtitles.
1: Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully yeah. it's a, a good return on, on our inve- investment.
0: <laughs> I'm sure it will be for sure. Yeah, yeah uh well that's awesome that's that's great that you guys are doing that as well but i uh yeah i've i've been watching and it, it's funny. I watch you guys travel you guys play off each other well you're both funny uh uh lots of jokes and uh the pacing is nice it's just it's a it's a, a real pleasure to watch uh watch your videos they are so well done and uh and uh and like i said the quality is is really good i mean um you you for somebody who uh, who uh, who worked behind or in front, sorry, uh, uh, in front of the camera for a lot of years, uh, uh, the uh, the production is is amazing.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a big difference between what we were producing back in 2016 versus what we're producing now, but it's sure. all part of the learning process. And I really always enjoyed um, the technical aspect of producing videos. When I was in high school, I remember every time we had a school project. Instead of doing those like boring PowerPoints presentation, me and one of my buddies, uh, we always, you know, just had fun making videos off of Movie Maker and stuff like that. So I always had that little passion for it. And when I was working in TV, it always pissed me off that I couldn't touch a camera without, you know, getting like, you know the union on my ass or something. So, yeah, yeah. That's- um, so once we started doing our own thing, you know, piloting drones and doing the audio, the video, doing the editing, I really felt like I was in my element. And also, obviously, adding the, you know, in front of the camera part to to everything. So I like the whole package of what. Um, you know, YouTube is allowing us to do. Um, And uh, yeah, we're enjoying it. And obviously, like anything, you just get better every time you create something new. So we've produced over a thousand videos in the past four years now for us, clients, TV and stuff. So at one point, you start getting better, you know, you you stop sucking, like I said, (laughs) at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, you guys are doing a lot better than not sucking. I mean, the product you guys are producing (laughs) is very high quality and, and it's beautiful, you know. It's yeah. uh, it's so, that's awesome. Uh, Thank you. so, uh, if people want to reach out to you and, uh, is the best place to go right to your YouTube channel and, uh, and in the comment section. Yeah. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, um, Facebook is actually our most
1: popular, um, social media. That's where most yeah. of our people are, but everywhere you leave a comment, we'll always, uh, reply, uh, or at least 99% of the time. Sometimes we just won't see it, but most of the time we'll always reply. So just hit us up, comment, private message. We're uh, very accessible people.
0: Yeah, and if people aren't already involved in uh, Filmmakers on the Go, they can reach out to you and find out more about that. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, congratulations to you guys. You guys, like I said, you guys are putting together an amazing uh, product. It's fun. It's engaging. You get to visit all kinds of places. uh, um, that you uh, that you know um, live vicariously through the two of you and uh, yeah it's a lot of fun to watch so I, I continued success to you guys and uh, your travels around Canada and at some point once we figure out how to get on planes and and leave <laughs> this beautiful country <laughs> or leave Canada uh, uh, we'll figure out how to do that And maybe you'll be back in Africa checking out the gorillas
1: yes we should go together and uh, with your friend there
0: yeah 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 that's a good (laughs) idea we'll have to talk more about that there's so much to see in so little time right but you guys are maxing out on it
1: no choice man if we get hit tomorrow by a bus at least we'll have lived our lives to the fullest
0: yes yes your your short life will be well documented
1: (laughs) yes it will (laughs) we'll live on and on and on for centuries and
0: centuries yes exactly uh all right thanks my friend uh uh, so all the best to you, Alex, and, uh, and MJ on your uh, continued travels. And, uh, and uh, thank you for taking your time to chat with us today. Thanks for having me. Okay. Merci. À la prochaine. comme on dit? Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> Merci bien, mon copain, Alex Normand. C'était un grand plaisir. My thanks to my friend, Alex. That was a lot of fun. If you want to check out Alex and MJ on the go, Look them up on Facebook or YouTube. Their latest episodes are also now available with English subtitles. Also, to find out more about their online French-language film school, visit filmmakersonthego.com. Also, thanks again to Mr. Jerry Stamp, who wrote and performed the Cool Story theme song and all other jingles and stings that appear on the show. Do yourselves a favor and look for Jerry's music wherever you stream. And finally, thank you for listening. Until next time... Pura vida.
1: Everybody's had
0: some adventures. Everybody's had a few close calls. Everybody's got a story. What's yours?